What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Wyndham Championship, the final event of the PGA Tour regular season. But don't worry, three weeks of playoffs and then immediately into the next season. So plenty of uninterrupted golf for the foreseeable future. Real quick note. Over the weekend, I posted uh, my first ever golf vlog, me playing 18 holes uh, at a course here in Las Vegas. Uh, I I was a little bit worried about doing that and, and opening myself up to uh, all the swing coaches on YouTube, but it was really fun. There is a link in the description, just something to kind of shake it up on the weekends. If you enjoy things like that, hit the like button. That tells me to continue to do it. So I appreciate that. Otherwise, um, there were... A lot of winners last week, and one of them was not Harris English. I know a lot of us had Harris English tickets and in our core, and he still finished fine, but it would have been nice to get that victory. But that did not stop a couple of guys of the in the community for some really big wins. And I just pick out a couple of these each week. So first off, shout out to Anthony. Turned his $100 into $2,700. The vast majority of that was winning the $15 entry three max contest for $2,000, which is, again, I love anytime there's a single entry win, a three max win. If you guys are playing, uh, you know, a contest that's set up really well for you, I always love and I always encourage that. And then not one, But two different $100,000 wins. That's right. Den uh, won $100,000. And I'm going to keep the last one anonymous because he DM'd me. So I don't know if he wants to be out there. But um, he won a hundred grand and said he thought that was his worst lineup. And he ended it by saying golf is weird. And I think that's kind of a nice little lesson. Golf is weird. A lot of weird things happen. Uh, Brooks Kepka kind of ejected himself for... A lot of the event until the weekend, Jordan Spieth looked like he was kind of out of it, right? I mean, just weird things happen. You have to kind of embrace the weirdness and the volatility that is golf. So congratulations to all of the winners out there from last week. And then, of course, I did draw two winners to win subscriptions to join the community to rickrungood.com. Mike Lee and Trey, I've reached out to both of you to get you set up. If you would like to be entered into a draw to win a subscription to rickrungood.com and use all of the tools that you see in this video and everything else on the YouTube channel, there are two ways to enter. On YouTube, make sure you like the video, you are subscribed to the Rick Run Good YouTube channel, and that you comment below with who you think is going to win this week's Wyndham Championship. That's one way. The other way, go to the podcast version of this show. It's called 300 Yards to Unknown. You'll notice a couple extra, you know, interviews and things like that on the audio feed as well. Leave a five-star rating and review. Say something nice about the show and leave me your Twitter handle. That will get you another entry into the draw for a subscription to rickrungood.com. Tuesday is going to be the betting show. Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern is the live chat for the Wyndham Championship, all things Wyndham Championship. 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday. That is the Jock Market Power Hour. All things stock market DFS. A lot of money made last week in the market as well. And then Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, that is the Cut Sweat Show. That's where we will keep an eye on what the cut line is going to be, who's going to make it, how that's going to impact your lineups, and what your chances are for the weekend. It's a fun hang. It's data-driven. And usually something crazy happens while we're on that stream. I think that's it for now. I think that's everything I have to go through. Let's jump into this week's DFS preview. Here we go. Sedgefield Country Club par 70, 7,100 yards. Donald Ross design, a course that we see constantly on the PGA Tour every single year. And what is great about 
not only last week, but this week as well, very strong course history. Not only do you see the same guys year over year, but since we've had the event so often, uh, the data is really, really strong. So I, I think between this two-week stretch might be the course history stretch because it's it's probably some of the strongest that we have on the PGA Tour outside of, well, Augusta, because you usually get the same players there. It sets up very similarly every year, but you, you get the point. Um, this is a, a web track, right? And guys like Webb Simpson. He has absolutely dominated at this event. And if you go down, you look at the course correlation model, you look at the key stats. What is the number one most important stat? Driving accuracy. And when I say it's important, it means that that stat has more strongly correlated uh, with with success at this course than any other stat relative to other courses. So of course, so my point being, strokes gained approach is is always the highest correlated stat, uh, seemingly everywhere you go. I guess strokes gained total might be, but strokes gained approach very very highly correlated. When you rank strokes gained total at Sedgefield versus all the other courses, you're going to find where it is more important, even though it's always important. So that's what I'm doing over here. And driving accuracy, birdie or better, strokes gain putting, those are kind of the three that stand alone. It makes complete sense. You got to play out of the fairway. You have to have a hot putter and the ability to rack up birdies and bunches, the winning score, 20, 21, 22 under par, uh, makes complete sense. So who are those types of golfers? Well, in the last 36 rounds, Let's just start with um, let's start with driving accuracy, which would be the percentage of, of, of fairways hit here. So that would be uh, Brendan Todd, number one, Ryan Armour, number two, Ches Reevy, three, Brian Stewart, and Bryce Garnett. Now, of course, it's not just about how many fairways you're going to be able to hit. You might want to look for guys that make a lot of birdies. Well, out of that group that I just mentioned, Ryan Armour makes more birdies than the rest of those guys. Maybe he's someone that you should consider. In terms of strokes gained putting, uh, that's also Brendan Todd's calling card, isn't it? Right. So a guy who hits a bunch of fairways, a guy that puts really well. And if we start to sort this, you know, by birdie percentage, for example, you are going to get uh, some different names here. Mito Pereira. He has a smaller sample size than everybody else, but he's been piling up birdies. Adam Shank coming off of a pretty good week last week as well. He's piling up birdies. Seamus Power, Patton Kazire, Rafael Campos, all of these guys racking up birdies. And then you find the intersection of the ability to hit fairways, uh, the ability to putt well, maybe some ball striking categories. It'll be the custom model that we go through at the end of the episode, but uh, very, very strong course correlation here. I think we really want to abide by what we're learning right now. The cheat sheet, six golfers over $10,000 with Hideki Matsuyama leading the way, 11,000. I could not find, I went through my database, I could not find Another example of Hideki being the most expensive golfer on the slate. I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. Well-deserved, though. Uh, when he has played here at Sedgefield, he's played well, right? An 11th place finish in 2018, a third place finish in 2016. He's coming off of a great run at the Olympics. He's coming off of a runner-up finish uh, and in a playoff at the uh, in Memphis last week. And he is, unfortunately, though, for Sedgefield, not a great putter. Uh, you talk about his ability to hit fairways. He's okay, right? He hits it further. That's how he gains strokes off the tee. And uh, he does make birdies, which is which is always a good sign. So I, I don't know what I'm going to do with these guys. Uh, ownership will probably dictate a lot of my decisions in the $10,000 range. And ownership is certainly going to be tilted heavily in favor of Webb Simpson. Uh, Webb Simpson at this course. 
I mean, it's 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 almost shocking, right? Like, let's just go back to the full course history here. The last four years, he's finished third, second, second, third. 2015 through 2010, he finished sixth, fifth, 11th, 22nd. He won it and finished eighth. So that is four, five, six, seven, eight, nine top 11 finishes in his last 11 starts. It's jarring. Remember last week when um, we talked about Daniel Berger and Dustin Johnson being elite course horses uh, amongst courses anywhere, right? Across across the board. Uh, this is also that, right? Webb at Wyndham, Webb at Sedgefield is also elite for anybody on the PGA Tour at any course. So I imagine he is going to be very, very popular. Now, there's a little bit, so, so we can go to Webb Simpson's um, golfer profile and you can see, hey, Webb has kind of struggled recently by his own by his own lofty standards. Uh, however, what he did on Sunday I think is important, and it needs to we need to take a look at it uh, last week on Sunday. So let's go pull up Webb Simpson here on the Holy Grail. We can break this down round by round, and what you see is a golfer who uncharacteristic uncharacteristically lost strokes on approach for the first each of the first three rounds and he lost a lot that's that's very unheard of for Webb uh then maybe he found something because he gained three strokes on approach on Sunday in route to one of the better rounds uh that we saw all day long in fact it might have been the best round of the day it was uh, him gaining seven strokes on the field in that final round so so really maybe he's finding something maybe he's rounding into form it is certainly not going to help keep his ownership down because uh, he is going to be incredibly incredibly popular here I do think uh, Louis is a very interesting pivot at the top right you might opt to a lot of people like to opt for the most expensive golfer because the perception is that he's the best golfer in the field because he's the most expensive people are going to opt for Webb Simpson because they know the history. Louis the sandwich pricing, 10,700 and he has been I, I mean let's just do this. Since the start I don't, I don't know how far we want to go back here. Since the start of 2021, he's probably been one of the better players on the PGA Tour. Uh let's sort this by strokes gained total. He's been by far the best player in this field, by far. Uh I mean he's a quarter of a stroke better than Mito who has half the rounds that he has. He has this is also crazy by the way. We're going to get to Seamus Power. Seamus Power has the third best strokes gain total number in this field since the start of 2021. Think about that. It's actually kind of crazy. Um Louis is 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 head and shoulders. And if we get rid of just players in this field, Louis is 1 2 3 4 5 no, he's the fourth best. He's tied for fourth with Casey and Cantlay. Only Morikawa, Spieth, and John Rahm have been better. So there's a really good case to be made that this is a week to play Louis Oosthuizen, who's just constantly near the near the top of the leaderboard. I I kind of I kind of dig this a lot. I'll be very interested interested to see how his ownership pans out. And then the rest of the 10K range: Zalatoris, Reed, and Kokrak. I think they're fine. I might lean a hair towards Patrick Reed because of the winning upside. Um, Zalatoris, I'm warming on. And I think as the week goes on and I see this ownership number check in probably lower than it should be, I could convince myself to have a lot of Will Zalatoris by the time this thing locks on Thursday morning. And then Jason Kokrak, he hasn't been bad. He just hasn't been as good as we saw earlier in the year. Has a, a, a decent bit of history here at Sedgefield. Three top 16 finishes in his last four starts. So I'm not that excited. I think there's some better values in the 9K range. The 9K range starts with Brian Harmon, Tommy Fleetwood. It goes down to Siwoo Kim and Bubba Watson. And 
I think there is kind of an interesting case to be made about about Sung JM here. He's ninety six hundred dollars. He's been playing okay. I don't think anybody's super stoked with the way that Sung Jay's been playing, but he's finished uh, ninth and sixth here in the last two years. And you have to kind of determine what the trends are here on Sung Jay. And let me pull up his golfer profile. So what I see is um, here's what I see: a golfer who over the last couple of starts uh, has been a little bit hit or miss with the ball striking categories. Now he gained strokes off the tee and on approach at in Memphis last week, which I think is a really good sign. It might be building on something. He lost 4.6 strokes putting and he lost another shot and a half around the green. Now that part of Sung Jay's game is very uncharacteristic. His short game is sublime. And you can see that from uh, the metrics dating back to even, even Valspar. That's only the third time he has lost strokes around the green dating back to May. That's like nine or 10 starts ago. And then losing this many strokes putting 4.6 is probably, yeah, it's, it's, it's literally the second worst putting performance of his entire career. So it is unlikely that that happens again. And to also uh, kind of illustrate the unlikeliness of that happening again, we're on Bermuda uh, again this week. And that is by far Sung Jay's best putting surface. And if you want to go down the Donald Ross um, rabbit hole here, we can do that as well. So this is uh, everybody in the field since the start of 2015 uh, on Donald Ross designed courses. Essentially, it's Sedgefield and Detroit Golf Club. Donald Ross has a couple of, of um, features that are uh, pretty unique and across his courses. So this is, I, I don't always love lumping architects together. This isn't the worst one that you could do. If you just do Donald Ross designed courses of golfers with at least 20 rounds, Sung JM is fourth, or excuse me, third in this field behind only Webb Simpson and Kevin Kisner because his all, he's also finished 21st at the Rocket Mortgage, eighth at the Rocket Mortgage, and 53rd at the Rocket Mortgage. So it's, it's an interesting set of results. He's only lost strokes once at any Donald Ross course uh, in his career. That's in the, five, in the five trips. So I think there's a case to be made that this could be a really good buy opportunity on Sung JM. The other, the other narrative you're going to hear is for uh, the other South Korean player in the $9,000 range. It's Siwoo Kim, who is also kind of this Donald Ross or at least Sedgefield specialist, right? He won in 2016. He finished fifth in 2019. He finished third last year. If we go and pull up his golfer profile, I don't think I've had a chance to look at what he did at, um, at Memphis yet, but, oh, this is not right. He did not lose 17 strokes uh, on approach here. Let me see. Actually, you know what? That might be right because he dunked. Hold on a second. He, he hit five balls in the water on number 11 alone on Sunday. Let, let me just confirm this is correct. This comes straight from the PGA Tour, but let me just confirm this is correct. Wow. Yeah, it is. Um, he lost... <laughs> 17 strokes on approach and 7.7 putting. I mean, I've got to look this up. That that has got to be by far the worst approach number ever. Um, I've got to look this up. Sorry, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to hang here because this is wild. Let's uncheck this. Let's do strokes gained approach. My database goes back to 2015. Yeah, the worst one. Minus 17. What did he do in the rounds before that then? Because I know. Siwoo. Yeah, so he lost two on fr- uh, Thursday, one on Friday, 3.7 on Saturday, 10.2 on Sunday, which I was ready to kind of write this off and say, 
you know, five balls in the water, unlikely that that happens again, right? However, he wasn't hitting it well all week. To lose strokes on approach every single round, to lose strokes putting every single round, I, again, and I've done this before, I've done this before, like, and I've done it incorrectly before because Siwoo is so hard to predict. I'm not, how can you be optimistic about this? You know, his last top 10 was at the Memorial. It's his only top 10 dating back to the players. I know he shows up at Donald Ross Designs, but man, this is, this is really scary stuff. So um, I'll probably not be getting to Siwoo this week. The other kind of low-key interesting option is Russell Henley at $9,400. That is a name that I've not said in a while. Uh, He just hasn't played all that much. I don't think we've seen him since the Open Championship. We haven't, where he missed the cut. But before that, it was three straight top 20s in a way that is very Russell Henley, right? Which is finishing uh, with a a ton of strokes gained on approach. That's very Russ Henley-esque. You look at his... Last trip here was a top 10. He's made the cut in his last two. I think there's an there's this thing where people just forget about players because we haven't seen them in a while. And I think that's what's probably going to happen here with Russell Henley, 9,400. Very interested to see what that ownership is going to be uh, come you know Wednesday during the live chat. Hey guys, real quick, not sure if you heard, but Caesars bought William Hill and they have now rebranded the William Hill Sportsbook as Caesars Sportsbook. And because of this, they're going absolutely bonkers outside their mind with promotions. And the big one is that they're offering $5,000 in free bets. That is not uh, an exaggeration. You did not mishear me. $5,000. It's the highest I've ever seen. It is uh, by far, I'm sure, the highest any book has offered since gambling has become legalized state by state. It's it's absolutely nuts. You don't have to use it for golf. You can use it for whatever. Go to rickrungood.com slash bets. See if it's available in your state. I'll keep you updated as more states roll out. I know there's a couple coming uh, on the horizon here, but my goodness, it is uh, something you should definitely be taking advantage of, of, of if you have not yet. Okay, the $8,000 range here is, is, is pretty interesting. We've got um, – a couple of buy options, I believe. Gary Woodland at 8,700. Let's look up Gary because he's coming off of two really good finishes, and I just want to make sure this is not fool's gold, and it's maybe not. So we don't have. So he played the Barracuda, um, finished seventh, which is uh, one of his few top tens recently. Uh, the start before that was a T11 at the 3M Open. We don't have the strokes gain metrics for the Barracuda because they don't exist, but we do have his metrics from the 3M Open in which he gained strokes across the board, and we had started to see him return to being a better approach player. So there is, I believe, reason to be a little bit optimistic about Gary Woodland. I wish we could get access, or I wish they existed, uh, to the Barracuda numbers, but that's that's noteworthy. I think there's a buy option there. Seamus Power, I showed you this earlier, and I can show it to you again. Just since the start of 2021, every single player in this field, you're talking about some of the biggest names in golf. Louis Oosthuizen, number one player since 2021, uh, but better than Hideki, better than Reed, better than Harmon, better than everybody, except Louis, is Seamus Power. And it is because of this unbelievable stretch of golf. So this dates back to really here in in on the Corn Ferry in Vegas. Top 10 in Vegas where I watched him and he was phenomenal ball striking. 
has then gained strokes on approach in every single event that he has played, a measured event that he has played on the PGA Tour. He has racked up one, two, three, four, five, six consecutive top 20 finishes, three consecutive top 10s, with the final one culminating in a victory at the Barbasol. And I know what we can say. We can say, well, now he, he, you know, he locked up the card. Right now, now he doesn't have to worry about that. Well, maybe, maybe he lacks the motivation. Maybe I, I like the fact that he's had three weeks off to kind of celebrate the victory, get back into. Sh- it's always hard to play the very next week after you get that victory. What I see is a golfer who is just ball striking the hell out of it. Um, I I think that Seamus Power is still worth a buy, even if it might be buying high at eighty five hundred dollars. There's also a reason to think that Kevin Streelman at 8,300 is probably mispriced a little bit. If you look at him since the start of 2021, uh, he's one of the better players in strokes gained approach, and he's gaining strokes in every category but putting, in which he's losing on average 0.09 strokes per round. So he's essentially a zero putter, a zero around the green player, and he's been and he's been a, a great ball striker. And he's a little bit more volatile. You know, the it's it's kind of a, a top 10 or excuse me, a top 20 or maybe a missed cut. You can see 19 at the Open Championship, missed the cut, missed the cut, 15th, 13th, 20th, 8th, 26th. Those are his last uh, recent run of results. So this is, again, I believe reason to be optimism. Uh, This is the type of field that Kevin Streelman should be able to find success in. At $8,300 for a golfer who has the upside of top 10, top 20, who can ball strike it in a good way, I like that. $8,300 for Kevin Streelman. Okay, the 7K range here, uh, fairly sizable, and I think this is where it starts to become more difficult to determine who's good and who's not in this range, right? So a couple of, of, of interesting notes. Let's go over to the trends tool. Let's look at the breakout candidates. If you've never seen this before, it's my fault. I should really show this more often. It is a tool that looks at golfers, how their ball striking it and how they're putting compared to their normal baselines and tries to find golfers that are on the verge of breaking out. Uh, Brendan Todd is, is far and away that guy. So what this says is that Brendan Todd is hitting it from tee to green very well. And it is, and he is putting below his own expectation, which is uh, to his own right. It's a very high expectation. He's a great putter. So the idea is if he can just put to his average, he is a candidate to break out. It's also worth noting that not only is he very cheap at $7,100, not only does he show up here as a breakout candidate, but he's also one of, uh, if not the best player at finding the fairway, which we know is the strongest correlated stat. So Brendan Todd is checking off certainly a lot of boxes uh, for me this week, which is admittedly a little bit scary, but it is it is certainly being backed by by data here. Um, the rest of the 7K range, I believe Joel Damon is in the 7K range. I believe Zach Johnson is in the 7K range. There are two golfers that, uh, and Doug Gim as well, that would be candidates for a breakout. Now, Mito Pereira is, uh, to me, the highest profile player in the 7K range, or at least uh, based on his his recent results. Uh, Played awesome at the Barbasol, awesome at the 3M, awesome at the Olympics, okay at the Barracuda. I'm wondering, I'm concerned that this is a lot of golf for a guy who's kind of played all over the world and racked up a lot of travel. I, I worry about that, but uh, he is, at least to this point, the metrics are are phenomenal. You know, the tee to green play, by far the best in the 7K range. The off the tee play, by far the best in the in the, in the the 7K range. So it's it's a little bit concerning. I think he'll be popular, um, but 
if you want to pivot, there are options, right? Brand Snedeker is the same price, and Snedeker is much more volatile, but has two top 20s in his last three starts. He's won this event, right? Has played well at this event historically. So there are some pretty good pivot options as well. Um, even if you want to go down... These aren't pivot options, but Adam Shank at 7,300 now has two top four finishes in his last four starts. He also has a 15th place finish in there. They are at weaker fields than he's going to get this week. But hey, a, a guy who is confident that that travels that travels everywhere. How about Rory Sabatini for the first time since the Olympics, since he got the silver medal at a place that he has two top six finishes at in the last four years. He's probably riding pretty high at the moment. I would be interested in Rory Sabatini. And, and if we want to look at kind of the data here, what I like to do for some of these uh, cheaper guys, is I like to really shorten up the sample size, right? So let's just go since, since April 1st, uh, players in this field, strokes gain total and see who in the seven K range pops up first. Well, we know Mito, Mito pops up. Uh, we know Hank Libiota, $7,600. So let, actually, let me do it this way. Let me do by tournament. Just make this a little bit cleaner to, to look at Four one. 2021 is my starting range. Players in this field, strokes gain total. Okay. Hank Libiota, who was on an absolute tear of golf, right? He finished fifth at the Travelers, fourth at the Rocket Mortgage, eighth at the John Deere. It was a stretch of seven consecutive cuts made. Was playing well enough. He made the cut to 3M Open. He withdrew on Friday night. And if you saw his, his Twitter post, I think he had a... Um, his, his dad uh, had a medical, uh, I guess it would be called an emergency, and he withdrew and, and went to be with the family, which is certainly, listen, I, I break down the golf stuff. That is not a knock on, on Hank in, in, his, in terms of golf. He was gaining three strokes on the field through two rounds. Um, he is seemingly one of the better options in the $7,000 range. Now, it's been a couple of weeks since we've seen him play anywhere, but... I think that's seventy six hundred dollars. I wonder if there there are going to be jaded owners. That incorrectly so, there are going to be jaded owners. But there might be, hey, Mito is the new flavor of the month. I'm going to roll with him instead of Hank Libiota, who's three hundred dollars cheaper and playing just as well in the same time period. So, something worth noting. Uh, Brandon Grace also pops up on this list of the seven K guys who have played uh, well since April first. Now he has three consecutive or three out of four top 30 finishes. Two of them were really high finishes, seventh and fourth at the U S open and the Memorial respectively. I'm not as excited about grace at 7,400, but I certainly don't think I could blame you if you need to save on the salary. And speaking of saving on the salary, that leaves us with the $6,000 range. And I would describe this field as a little bit top heavy because we're down in the range where I'm not uh, overly excited to be rostering any of these guys, but we can certainly find uh, find some of these golfers. Bryce Garnett popped up very early in the show when I was talking about the types of golfers that would f- tend to have success because he hits a lot of fairways. Uh, also, he has uh, he is a popper. He finished fifth at the Traveler, 16th at the 3M Open. I really, really worry that he is too reliant on the putter, but we know that strokes game putting is one of the highest correlated um, stats to success at this event over the years. And if you look at Bryce Garnett's recent history, it also pans out. Played here four, last four trips, three of them are top 20s. 2016, or excuse me, 2019, he finished sixth. So if you were ever going to play Bryce Garnett, I actually think this is this is probably the week to do so. Roger Sloan at 6,700 has low-key been very good. Sixth place finish last week at the Barracuda, 16th at the 3M, 
31st at Barbasol, 21st at Rocket Mortgage. He made the cut at the John Deere. So that's five in a row. He's made the cut and finished inside the top 40 in each of his last two trips to this event, playing better now leading in than he was in either one of those years. I don't mind that at $6,700. If you're looking for a popper, I worry about the way he does it, but Kevin Tway uh, has been playing well. Four out of his last five are inside the top 30. He finished 11th here three years ago. He missed the cut in the other two starts since then. Uh, also, Vincent Whaley, remember when we were playing him constantly? Finished ninth at the uh, Barracuda last week, which is always a good sign. He's made the cut in his one trip here. He's $6,400. This starts to be the point where, hey, if you make the cut at $6,400, you have paid yourself off. So I, I don't think that, that is an unreasonable request to ask, of, uh, to ask of Vincent Whaley. And I don't see any real super low value, like the old Jim Herman who min price tricked us, played well on Thursday. At least he made the cut. Or excuse me, I guess there was no cut last week, but he, um, I don't know what he ended up finishing, 40-something. There, I don't see a min price or anything close to it kind of option as strong as we've seen a handful of times in the last couple of months. I think the most comfortable I'm going to, uh, the most, the lowest I'm, I'm going and being comfortable, I think is Vincent Whaley. Anything lower than that is probably just a dart throw. Let's do a model. Let's do a custom model before we get out of here. Let's do last 36 rounds. Let's do. So, okay. So what do we know about Sedgefield? Um, you got to be a good putter. Let me clear my weights here. So let's do strokes gain putting 25. I never do this. We are going to get some really Hairy results, I think. Uh, driving accuracy, 25. Wow. We are really going to get some hairy results here. Uh, birdie or better percentage, 20. We know that's important, right? So that's 50, 60, 70. I've got to, I've got to do something in the ball striking category. So I got to do... I got to do um, well, hold on a second. Let me think about this. I could do 10 off the tee, 10 on approach, 10 on par 4 scoring, considering it's a par 70. That would be a hundred. Let's do that. Let's see what happens. My number one golfer is, oh boy. Oh God. Okay. Yikes. Uh, I guess maybe I foreshadowed this. My number one golfer is Ryan Armour. Not only is he a good putter, it makes a lot of birdies. I guess I kind of foreshadowed this at the top. Um, knowing the way he was going to shake out here. So Ryan Armour, number one, Webb Simpson, number two. No surprise to see that. Satoshi Kodaira, number three. Okay, doesn't this also, though... So this makes a lot of sense in the fact of, hey, this is a specific type of course, and specific type of players have had success at this course. It's one that, it's ones that play out of the fairway, and it's ones that putt well. So it should be no surprise. I mean, and think about where Kodaira won, right? Uh, Harbortown. Similar, similar thing. Play out of the fairway and putt well. Ryan Armour, does he have a PGA Tour victory? Not that I only see. This is my. You only. I only care about victories, right? Um, he has one victory. It was at Sanderson Farms in 2017. Mm, that doesn't help, but sets up well seemingly for this event. Libiot is number four. Again, do not forget that he how good he has been. Shank is five. I mentioned Shank. Louis is six, Glover seven, Stewart eight, Kokrak nine, Seamus ten. I mean, this makes sense, doesn't it? These are the types of guys who are not only playing well, but could also fit on Sedgefield. I'm terrified of this, but this this kind of looks like a Wyndham 
a Wyndham championship, doesn't it? Interesting. All right, well, let me know what you came up with. Uh, tweet me, at Rick Rungood. Leave a comment below. I'll uh, see you. I'll see you soon. Later.